Hello creatives, it's the Don't Think Act podcast. It's episode five. It's Rebecca Windsor and plot twist. This is now someone who is no longer acting. This is the first of probably a few like this, I imagine. So strap in. We've got a couple of new questions. We've got chats about body positivity, hairy men. Uh, there's a bit of toilet humour and there's a bit of strong language. If you're easily offended, then um, yeah, maybe tune out. But do tune in because there's tons of inspiration and great fun. Uh, so I'll stop talking so you can listen now to the Don't Think Act podcast. I've got giant audio. Um, giant with computer audio? Yeah. Um... Oh. Can oh. you hear me now? Yes. I'm there. Can you hear me? Yes. So I don't know. Oh, weird. That's much better. Can Is there any way to know? Is it picking up clearly? Oh, no. So, yes. A USB condenser microphone. MacBook Pro speakers. So that should, does that sound okay? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, like a little old lady. <laughs> we're, a bit, we're a bit late, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's that's, fine, we got there. That's fine. And look, we're colour coordinated. Oh, didn't even need a memo. <laughs> oh, wow. We're both How wearing blue going? on this Sunday morning. Yeah, it? yeah. Um, I'm good. I'm really good. Good. Um, yeah, well, I'm glad this is working now. Um, so, so it was you. Yeah. you. You were the problem. Oh, <laughs> always. We know this. <laughs> um, so, see. have you got? You've got a lot of family arriving. Uh, yeah, I got some arriving in a bit. They're on the just left, they were left Wales about an hour ago, so um, won't be here for. How long months. are they staying with you? Just two weeks. That's still a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that'd be nice. It'd be good. No, good, be good. good. I've got my auntie and um, a very close friend about us who's basically family coming Aww. as well. So um, yeah, nice. it's, it's, be, it's nice. Well, actually, I really enjoy having people here. See, I'm the total opposite. <laughs> like my worst. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be alone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, like because it's become a thing where I'm like, I very much just want to live in a little house in the woods all by myself. I know. You just want to be in a shoe, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> like no one else around. Like I just um yeah. I probably maybe after a little while it'd be too much, but um yeah. <laughs> Drum roll. Drum roll. You are listening to the Don't Think Act podcast with Ed Ismail.
Welcome to the Don't Think Act podcast, Rebecca Windsor. Hello, um, thanks for having me. One uh, uh, wonderful, talented, creative, um, who I just adore. So thank you so much for being uh, a guest and and giving up your Sunday morning. <laughs> no. <it's... laughs> um, it got me um... up. It got me up. <laughs> <laughs> Only go back to bed after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll just lie down on the floor for a bit. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not going to be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's just, um, just like day off. <laughs> um, like we were just saying about just sitting quiet for a bit. Sometimes mm. I just want to sit and stare at a wall for. A while. <laughs> this is a wonderful way to introduce yourself as creative. <laughs> Um, do you know what? All week I've been thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get through this podcast because you make me laugh so much. Um, oh. <laughs> so, uh, this is going to be, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> um, um, so, uh, <laughs> I, um, I'm, as, as the podcast suggests, I'm fascinated by everyone's, uh, creative journeys, but I always mm-hmm. like to start at the beginning. So, Rebecca Windsor, where were you born? Oh, I was born, I think this is, so my dad, a little context, my dad was RAF, Mm. we moved a lot, and I'm a bit of a nomad, like I don't really, you know when people say where were you born and raised, like I don't have a home, (laughs) In, in that sense where I, you know, grew up like a family home where we sort of grew up and yeah. I went to you know I went to seven seven or eight different schools but I think no I'm pretty sure that um I was born in a hospital in Swindon oh, nice <laughs> yeah um uh, but my actual earliest memories are like we actually did a tour we did four and a half years in Sis- uh, no Sardinia sorry mm. in Italy um so yeah, but I think randomly they that's just the, the closest hospital at the time. <laughs> I was born in Swindon. Um but so, so at the time your family weren't living in Swindon. No, I'm not entirely sure to be honest. You were just where... passing through as your <laughs> mum went into labour. You were one of them roundabouts. <laughs> no, I think they were on a base near there, but it wasn't Witten or Royal Royal Witten Bassett, I think it's known now. Um, so I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, but I think on my birth certificate it says Swinton. <laughs> so you said you moved around quite a bit. So, uh-huh. you know, it's uh, that sort of, um, that complicates my next question of what was it like growing up in, but you, you lived ah. in a lot of different places. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so what was it, can you remember what it was like moving around and was that quite, was it quite a frequent thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. We... We moved pretty much sort of every three years. So we did two tours in Germany. Um, we did us three. I, I have memories of them, but I always get it wrong. <laughs> um, we did, yes, yeah, Sardinia. Uh, we did and then various places in the UK. But till about the age of 12, I'd mostly lived overseas, like Europe. Um, but then we did a stint. Yeah, we did Cornwall, uh, Royal Witten Bassett, Oxford. Um, and then actually my mum and dad 
settled in Cornwall and they actually bought an ex uh uh married quarters that like the house the military housing um so these that's what they they still have today <laughs> so it's kind of stuck in them but then I I think it's just stuck with me I've moved a lot <laughs> in my I mean I've been in London I think are we 20 years or two so London feels like home but actually hmm. in London I think I've moved 13 maybe 14 times wow and do you think just did, did um <laughs> moving around so much did that affect your adaptability to other things in life or does it or does it make change difficult for you no I think for me I I, I think I'm all right with change I think because of that yeah I think um we had this conversation a new couple of years ago I think my mum and dad were like did we do the right because <laughs> some military kids like going to boarding school or like a parent will stay in one place and stuff but I think for me I you, it gets harder maybe when you're a bit older when you start to make friends and being a teenager in a new school in a new country um uh, even though it was like English speaking schools it's tough but I yeah I think it's made me like I like change I get itchy feet now uh <laughs> I'm like oh it's time to go after a couple of years I'm like what do we do now um and I think it you gives you a lot of like I know what it's like to be the new kid like str- strangers making people feel welcome I guess mm-hmm. making friends and um and also what it's like being on that side but also you know when someone new arrives as well and like like I had friends <laughs> in Germany it was um like a bigger multicultural school so I had a lovely friend she's Japanese I believe um like she didn't speak any English but we made friends like we found a way to like I think it was through listening to the Black Eyed Peas <laughs> on a walk and we just bonded with it on a loop but oh. you I think yeah it gave it gave me those skills I think to to adapt and change and um yeah not not be so worried about I'm also really good at packing <laughs> really great at packing and unpacking <laughs> are you are you like good to go in emergency have you already got like an emergency case packed for some kind of no. apocalypse <laughs> yeah. scenario well, when I was little, actually, I used to have um, a bag packed under my bed full of dressing. I really wanted to run away with the circus. Mm-hmm. I, like, I think if it blessed my mum and dad, like I would have been gone. Like it was packed, ready to go. I, like I had no qualms that I was like <laughs> going to hit the road. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, always, always ready to go. <laughs> and how how early in your life does sort of creativity or performing come to you? Oh, um, I guess I think it's kind of always been there in that I, like, I love to read. Um, and I think I always used to write as well. Like we had black typewriters that we got given, um, like one Christmas or something. And I loved it. <laughs> One of my favorite games was to play libraries. <laughs> I think I like stamps, like checking books in and out. I just used to make him come in and out of my room. 
so I could like check books in there. Um, and like I think my imagination as well as like games and playing was always quite vivid and like yeah um I'm also dyslexic so I think being at school sometimes when I you know you get lost in the classroom a little bit that my mind (laughs) would wonder um so yeah so I think I think it's always been there um but it starts off I think you know when you're younger it starts off in the things that you like so yeah reading sort of writing um uh, playing playing is like was a big thing I'd very happy like we're just talking about being alone but I'd be very happy in the woods pretending I was on like a magical <laughs> journey I used to think a tree was talking to me <laughs> amazing so I used to go and sit with this tree and now I know that it was just creaking in the wind <laughs> but I would spend hours like so I think it was all of that was always like there and then um yeah and then actually it was more writing I think from an early age of like poems and writing songs and that kind of stuff um yeah has always has always been there like an outlet Um, and uh, was it just you and your family or have you got other creative people um my dad does beautiful like um cartoons almost yeah my sibling um they yeah are really good um at drawing as well and my nephew um and my mum also like um I think she she is very creative in the home so like how the house looks and like I think she also writes as well um and we all sort of like photography and stuff but um she's really good at making things pretty like nice like yeah I think everyone's got like their creative outlet in that way yeah um but uh not so much actually my dad got into it later he joined the local Amdram group but I think I was the first one to be like I want to <laughs> uh also be military so like um but my sibling Rob uh joined the police uh other friends that we sort of grew up with were like police or they joined the military and stuff. And then you went down the table and there was me being like, I'd like to go to drama school. <laughs> it's like the black sheep. <laughs> like, I'd like to study creative writing. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and and so what age were you then when you decided, you know, you wanted to go to drama school or do or do something creative? How old were you then? Um, I think like sixteen. Yeah, I think those years when you're sort of leaving school, because actually I didn't study, because we moved um, when I was like 15. Uh, and so the options that I'd taken in Germany weren't necessarily available here in the UK. And also I was back to France, everything they were doing, I'd already done and I'd missed certain bits. So I think I had to take like computer IT or something. But the drama teacher, I think they just needed more peeps. Let me be in their um at the school place. It was Daisy Pulls It Off, classic. And I also joined the the local Amdram. So I was like lead in the panto that year. I think we did Jack and the Beanstalk. Um and then yeah, I started to like get a bit of a taste to be like, oh, this could be something 
fun to do, <laughs> like to pursue. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then my typical fashion, we moved down to Cornwall. Um. So I I went with my mum and dad, and then I got onto like I think at the time they're like B Tech drama, but it was called the Hub Theatre School, and we were. <laughs> We were that basically we were a hut at the back of the school. It was a bunch of hippies <laughs> that the rest of the college hated because we were like drumming. We'd be like in town with like masks on, <laughs> like performing, um, rolling around on the grass. I think they I think they got rid of it eventually. I mean it was it was good fun, but like we were we, we were literally like a hut at the back of this college. <laughs> Um, they didn't quite know what to do with us. Um, so yeah, so I did two years there and got like yeah, did a B Tech. They was at B Tech National National Diploma. I think they were. The yeah, I did a B. I did a B Tech uh, in performing arts. Yeah, um, nice. instead of A levels. Oh. Um, so did yeah, you like I loved it? it. Oh god, I loved it. Loved it so much. I did my B Tech at Epping Forest College, nice. in Essex, and it's. I mean, it, it genuinely changed my life and it opened up so many doors and actually provided different skill sets as well as, you know, getting, getting there primarily for acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but you learned everything that you could learn about doing everything in theatre, all the different mm-hmm. roles on yeah, stage yeah. and off stage. We had a TV studio, so I learned about oh my God. using cameras and vision mixing and editing. Hey, your sound's posh, your sound's alive. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I mean, I can only assume it's yeah, no, incredibly well funded. Um, yeah. Like, very, very lucky to go there, yeah. and um, I believe it's still there to this day, and the course is That's still there, good. and the tutors That's were amazing, and yeah, it was like my first proper. Well, I kind of had a creative family, a little creative family, because I used to go to a a um, uh, like a youth theatre group, uh, school theatre train. Um, like, oh, I've and, heard of theatre train. Yeah, they. I mean, they gave me amazing opportunities. So I got to go and perform in different countries, um, and um, we did shows that, you know, we we were one of those groups that did shows on a Sunday in a theatre. You know, uh, no, yeah, yeah, we you both know the ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, at six, sixteen. Yeah, I was 16. You know, I was on stage at Theatre Royal Drury Lane, like it was mental. Uh, yeah. Um, uh and um yeah so that was yeah that, that was really great so but but the b-tech got off on a tangent there was just yeah really wonderful and um nice. it was great because people grew into things so people like primarily went there to form and then suddenly like there are other options in life mm-hmm. stage management you know lighting, yeah, yeah. lighting designer, sound designer like mm-hmm. and it was and back then, I mean, everything's digital now, right? Back then, it was literally making sand was cut and splice reels. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. literally, like, recording audio and then cutting it and edit, editing it together that way for yeah, sound, yeah. for theatre. Um, and uh, I think, God, you know, now they're probably just plugging an iPod. <laughs> yeah. even, I mean, even on iPod, it's a dated reference. <laughs> yeah. We're so old. We're, old We're so old, yes. <laughs> Um, but did you yeah. were you creative as a kid as well? Were you? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I caught the bug early, very early on. Mm-hmm. I got um, uh, my mum put me in a pantomime when I was eight or nine. Um, oh. just in, she was head of the PTA at school, and every year they did a like fundraising pantomime, 
and um i was in the chorus one year and then i was requesting lines the next um <laughs> yes little lad <laughs> but so I, I caught i caught the bug very early um yeah and as soon as drama was in, like an option at school and stuff it was yeah mm. i got i got hooked um, was it how is it being like a lad that like because was it a lot of girls like did you get bullet or was it yeah i think at school at school it was a bit different because school was always like it's 50 50 some people love drama some people hate it mm. and it didn't really matter if you were male or female mm-hmm. um but i think it's sort of as you as you get older and you go to like different groups like when i was living in cambridge um i was part of a group a new writing group called Right On. Shout out to mm. them because they do. They have been for years, been doing some wonderful things. And um, I constantly, we used to do like, um, uh, it was called Naked Stage, and it was basically um, rehearsed readings. And I was always getting called every week because there was just such a lack of. I think there was like three or four male actors, no, and there must no. have been about twenty female yeah. ones. So. For male roles, they're like, oh, I was always getting a call. Can you, can you, can you come in? I've got a, or, or, or I've got a really weird script, and I think you'd be, you're <laughs> really good at like working out what to do with it. Yeah, so yeah. It was, <laughs> it's always like I like anything that's a bit off the wall and anything I can mm-hmm. just throw myself into, which is a bit weird. Um, but yeah. But anyway, this is your interview, and oh, not mine. Let's <laughs> <laughs> have chats. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, 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 yeah. You, so you joined the, you joined the group, and you, your little hut that you had, mm-hmm, and, hub. um, and he talks about maybe wanting to go to drama school. Did you, did you do any formal training or any, or, or any training at all? No. Yeah. So after that, I, um, so did the the big, you know, the rounds that you do, um, sort of applied to like. Prada and like Bristol and like the, um it's so expensive like mm-hmm. it's even more now I just I, I don't know um and I didn't get in anywhere um and so I sort of <laughs> I blagged my way into Manchester Met Manchester Met Ooh, so basically, I auditioned there I was on the, so I don't think it was the the big one in Manchester it was slightly outside Kroonau Sager um so basically yeah it was getting towards you know September I didn't I didn't have anywhere to go (laughs) um and I'd also missed the the deadlines I think for the uni but I also don't think I had the grades to go either so I found uh, this course in Manchester and I wrote to the the head of department for, for writing and I just sent her some of my writing and I didn't I didn't go and see it. I didn't have an interview. She basically was like, just come along. <laughs> we'll fit you. And so I just went back to my way. It's got a room. Uh, and so I did that for like, <clears throat> three months and actually the you know and I had a really good time <laughs> I was what, really enjoying what was the course so I was doing what was I doing it was I was doing drama creative writing I think and and there was like an art element to it of like live and visual arts I think as well 
So it was like a real, but it was a really weird because there was a lot of arty peeps there, but we were with the sports and science kids. And again, yeah. this is so weird as well. I think we were the ba- we were based on an old army base, <laughs> so we just couldn't get. Out. I swear that's what it was because I was like, like this home. feels very familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why does this feel like a military base? <laughs> um, so we were just like slightly outside of Manchester. Um, but the more we were doing it, the more, and actually the day I left, I think I was the fifth person, because I think a lot of people, the writing was good. I I really was enjoying the writing side. And actually the live and visual arts was very interesting. It wasn't something that I initially would have chosen. I think, I think it was just like a clump of, but I, we were only doing like three or four hours of drama a week and I think I suddenly was like oh I think I'd like more of more of this um and so I I left Manchester um and sort of went and worked two 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 or three jobs for a while and then I re-auditioned and actually um I got into the Bridge Theatre and Training Company in it's not a big it's not like an accredited or it's a two-year but it meant I could get a career development loan um, so where it was affordable and I wouldn't come out with like crazy amount of debt. Um, and, but also I, rem- I really remember the the day my audition, I remember coming away being like, Oh, I'd like to go there. Um, it was very like, uh, I don't know. I just, I just, I remember having a really good day and like the way that they, they sort of ran it was, um, not like like improv but felt quite freeing like that they, they really wanted you to engage like I liked the process um and again I think I had I had a difficult first year um also because I was working full-time and at once like in like 20 I had keys to a pub and so I was opening and closing pubs while full-time at drama school as well so I think being t- and like and it was very overwhelming situation as well being being in a that environment of drama school as well yeah what's your takeaway from your time doing that, that that course um I think do you know what my biggest takeaway from from the bridge I think what it gave a lot of us that went there is the confident but also the practice to make our own stuff mm. and I don't know I think like what you were saying with your BTEC we you know I knew how to do a props table and I we on leaving we very quickly set up a theatre company and we're like let's put on a play and and make something and I think the bridge really in- gave us that because it yeah a lot of us knew or or wouldn't sit didn't want to sit around and so we knew yeah we would we'd done a bit of stage managing on other shows we ran costumes (laughs) but also the freedom I I think when I came when I got a bit more steady on my feet there was when I kind of got left alone a bit (laughs) to go off and like create characters and work on stuff and come back and present it and I think having that freedom to to really find your own feet and voice, um, I think, is one of the best things that they. And we also had an incredible 
Mark Bowden. I think he does. I'm totally sure what he does now. I think it's like body reading body language or something. Um, but he was an incredible clown teacher, melodrama teacher, and frightening. <laughs> he would just sit there with this big stick and be like, "Get up and make me laugh," and that would be. And we'd one by one have to get up. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but uh, but I it, that sort of those skills and to really take charge of your own creative process and journey I think um I think a lot of us came away with that and have gone on to be very proactive Mm. in making our own stuff and I think that comes from from us being at the bridge um yeah and um did that did that experience make you want to be more of a solo performer or more of a collaborator um it's funny because I don't know. I I think it's changed. <laughs> I so I did do a little bit of performing, and uh, me and my lovely friend and I did some comedy for for a while as well. We were doing um, sketches and stuff. Um, but I found I don't know if I got sort of stage fright, or it, it, it's also just so hard when you're working full time. And like almost paying yourself to act <laughs> to put yeah. on stuff yeah. um, is is very tough. Uh, and you know, we took we took big chances and risks. Like we went up to Edinburgh and stuff. Um, but I I think I just started to get very tired, and I just didn't start liking myself. But from that, that's when I was like, I'm gonna write my first play which was Matilda Mike and Dan and that was on at the Pleasance um and just that freedom I think of not having to sit around or wait for anyone or for a call or applying to agents and the rejection <laughs> like I mean there's still a lot of rejection from writing but the the freedom and power to sit with my own ideas and thoughts and characters and put them onto paper life that's yeah I think I am I think more when people are like should we write together I'm like mm. <laughs> I, I think I am more solo I would mm. say then I like working with people and creating stuff but I think when it comes to I like to go away and work on stuff and um I'm not necessarily the most focused or strong but if I'm sat quiet and I can work and piece things together in my own time and way um then I feel quite free and a bit more confident to then come back with something. Um, so one thing I do, well, I haven't done it for years, but to check in though, there's a few like drop-in improv um, places. There's one in Camden, one just to get the fear, <laughs> but two just to see if I can still do it. Every now and then I like do a, just go and do a scary like night, like doing some improv and be like okay it's still there but also I think it's really good for writing like Mm. for for having all those voices and coming up quickly with um ideas and and conversation um so yeah so every now and then I just check I'm just like is it still there oh it's still there a little (laughs) it's like (laughs) um, does it it make you does it make you feel good though when when you do it 
um a as bit scary of as it is um, yeah yeah I can't wait you feel good you're like oh that was I mean I have to take a lot of emodium <laughs> like the fear <laughs> <laughs> that's also like physically like going on stage oh, mates just like just fighting <laughs> like my gut like the the butterflies and the gut are all <laughs> like no one wants to be near <laughs> near that <laughs> it's scary it's so scary and the um how about you do you prefer I feel like you're a bit more social than me do you like what just in general? In t- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I love buying around other people. It's, it's yeah. Uh- <laughs> I always own up to it. If people are like, what's that spell? I'm always like, it's me. <laughs> just so I'm like, there's no point hiding I'm like that happens. So I'm very sorry. I'm just really nervous. <laughs> back we're back look at that no problems this time <laughs> this is what we and want then we got this uh and this is a new question i've added actually um mm. so i'm not sure if this applies to or not but i i feel like when i first embarked on my acting journey the first sort of day where i really felt like i'm an actor now was when i got my headshots mm. did you get headshots and what was that like the first time on the <clears throat> I did. Um, what was the first time? Um, I think there was like, I think there's like the ones like, you say this as well because I've started doing a bit of photography as well, mm. where like um, someone was like new. So you paid like £50 and got like, um, maybe not like the best. <laughs> but then I think there were there was um some peeps that were like recommended it. But also do you find so like when when I was leaving, it was very much the classic black and white. When now obviously can like um I think because they were very popular in America and it's come over that it's that colour portraits um and they're almost quite glamorous now, very different to like like Ours were always very much like against the brick wall, <laughs> black and white. Like. Always, always moody. Always moody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm well, actually, like, I think, I think, actually, I think, um, maybe an issue with business was like the men's were moody, but the women's were kind of bit, bit on the softer side or sultry mm, side or sexy exactly. side. Yeah, um, yeah. But men was like, this is my serious drama face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, give me your Shakespeare pose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a, it's the, they're, they're tough. I think headshots, um, making people feel comfy, but also just having all that attention on you mm. and your face, <laughs> and like what to do with your hands or your body or like, um, uh, to get those like the the right sort of look as well, um. Also, the agents have, I think, such a say. Like, I know people that have spent, you know, got their headshots done. Their agents don't like them, and they've spent hundreds of pounds. Um, it's really interesting. Um, and I think, obviously, you're wanting to show your best side, 
um but also that they look like you so when you walk into a room people are like oh yeah this is <laughs> this is you well that that's really that's really important i'm glad you said that because for anyone listening to this that might just be starting out or still to this day isn't quite sure mm. what, what what casting is looking for in regards to headshots it's like yeah i mean i mean now you don't get to walk into a room you have to self-tape most of the time mm. yeah but, yeah um there will be a point where you do meet producers and directors face to face and casting directors and if you don't look like your headshot it is oh. it is it is a bit of a no-no um yeah and yeah. um you know they are looking for they look for a certain type of character mm-hmm. and yes you know there's wigs and there's makeup and, and, and things that can change how you look but it is really important that you don't have like um you know some 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 headshot photographers are quite um they go a bit nutty with the whole uh polishing effect and you just look yeah. too airbrushed and you just look too perfect and it's like yeah. no i need to look like me so don't mm-hmm. erase certain features or 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 you know yes it'd be great to look like i've got no lines anywhere <laughs> yeah. but the reality is you are going to be on camera at some point yeah, um, yeah. stage not so much obviously it's not it's not you know it's not as important but if you are a screen actor mm-hmm. it's really important that you, you yeah you look I think it's like personal styles and stuff, but I kind of like Aurora um, shot, and and I think they're sort of good to have, and also those character shots as well, where um, yeah, different side, but that they are maybe not so. I I I know they're really important, and they they need to have. I think having a range of like pictures, and maybe some a bit rougher Aurora kind of like. Um, and I like people that are like that, that, you know, it's, it's tough, but being very comfortable to be like, yeah, this is me. And I want to capture like, you know, the silly side, the darker side, the the rawer side. Um, and yeah, I've got gray hairs <laughs> coming up my eyebrows yeah, like, yeah. and feeling very comfortable and, and expressing um, who they are. And like, yeah. I think that only comes with a certain age though, right? Because when you're a yeah. bit younger, yeah, you know, when you're in your 20s, you're really... You're really, um, uh, you know, you're thinking about how you look a lot, mm. but it's the nature of the business that makes you feel that way. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, I think I think things are improving. I think things are changing. I think, mm. I think casting opportunities are opening up to um, a wide variety of people, and it's not about. I don't know. Now I need to I need to word this correctly because I was just about to say something which would sound so awful. But what I mean, well, I'm all right now. I will say it, but it's not what I mean. So it's not about having the prettiest people all the time. I think mm-hmm. I've noticed that change. And what I mean by that, that's not to say that there are pretty people and there are ugly people. Um, but there's there's an idea of what is conventionally attractive. Um, yeah. Especially yeah. again on screen. And I remember like being quite. Um, what gave me more confidence because I don't see myself in any kind of way. Like, I don't like my face um got a great face thank you i mean that's for, it's what i always say it's for other people to decide it's not it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you should like I have an opinion on it but when i <laughs> when i started watching game of thrones i was like mm. oh there's so many people in this show that look like people that walk down the street it's yeah yeah like that's brilliant mm. like they're, they're casting people that look like people not yeah yeah not models yeah. for women and not men who are all like got the superhero yeah. body and whatnot like 
they're, they're cast actors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I... oh, this is giving me life. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Think, I think maybe I can still have a good crack at this. Yeah, yeah. And as I remember, I mean, I haven't acted for a long time. I've done like other creative stuff, but I, again, it's it, seeing. Uh, but I like going to the theatre and I love oh my god I love watching telly too much <laughs> tv and film is like my... but I remember going to a play years ago it was when Trafalgar still had there was Trafalgar Studios and they had the little space I can't tell you the play um it was a two-hander but I missed about the first 10 minutes because I was so focused on her and I was like why like I can't stop like looking at you and your butt, like what's going on? And then I was like, <laughs> and then I got very sad, but then I was like also relieved. But I was like, oh, she's just, she's got hips. Like she must have been, I think, a size 14, maybe 12. But like, but I was like, oh, you look like me, like you've, you're curvy. <laughs> and it, and it stopped me. <laughs> For about 10 minutes because I was so surprised to see and that also that made me very sad but I was like I'm oh, glad this is happening but but fuck me like how is this part of my experience that I'm like oh it's nice that they let you like she was really good as well but I was like oh you've got you've got hips yeah. <laughs> I've got hips but you're um because I think especially like growing up in the 90s for like the size zero and the, the thigh gap thing like everyone was so especially women was so small mm. for such a long time that that's what was yeah deemed beautiful or attractive or you, you watch the films and they were always the lead and like um and, and so it was yeah and I, I remember just having that moment and then being like fuck that's also such a moment to take in of that I'm surprised and in awe because because you're a bit curvy, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. The, and yeah, and I don't think I'd seen that for a long time that it that it moved me yeah. and um, yeah, but I think it has. I think especially the last like five years, even the wave of like body positivity mm-hmm. and what's deemed beautiful, and also like you know, yeah, that that what is sexy to individuals yeah. and not like made up by the advertising <laughs> um but actually as real life humans what we all find attractive it is so different mm. to yeah um but uh but yeah I I do like it I feel like it's getting better and better and it makes it makes me happy <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that every time I see a hairy man on screen <laughs> That's when I feel seen because <laughs> I'm 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 a pretty hairy guy and I'm I'm sick of seeing like all these waxed mm. like I'm like the only person on screen I think of that, that's like been in a mainstream film who's got body hair would be mm. Hugh Jackman. Granted, he's playing yeah. Wolverine, but I'm just like, you know, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Men yeah. have hair. Yeah. Men have hairy legs. <laughs> And I do think so. I watched for the first time. So good. Have you seen the Sopranos? Um, now <gasps> everyone's going to leave the podcast. Um, that is one that has passed me by, but I, oh I, I do plan to watch it, and I know I'll love yeah, it yeah. because the subject matter is always up my street. So, oh my god! Um, but yeah, it, that yeah, it's I'll, incredible. I'll I haven't missed it yet. 
Yeah, yeah. I only watched it, I think, in like one of the lots that I like sat and I'd seen bits, but I properly watched it. And it is, I think, like you can see why it changed TV. Like the writing's good, the acting's phenomenal, the every character matters. Like, but I think we were talking about this as well of like, but like you say, it's it's also real. Um, all the women are, are very like slim, but um the for guy you know there's like quite bigger men maybe not the most attractive but they're powerful I mean yeah they're gangsters (laughs) but they're having sex and they're powerful and they've got money and they're all different shapes sizes looks and like and I think it's getting there for women but I think it is great to see that like I think men there are role models where they might look maybe not conventionally but they they still get they still get parts that are like you know very yeah they're 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 gangster bosses or you know they have incredible (laughs) and money and stuff um and I think that that's like the Sopranos is is good in that way like yeah if you want to see some hairy men watch (laughs) the Sopranos watch some Sopranos so good. It's again, so good. again, H- a, H- a HBO production. You know, there's no, it's no coincidence there that um, yeah, yeah, that you know HBO do cater for like stories. So they are interested in a story first rather than an, an aesthetic. Mm. I think. Yeah. Um, so, well, following on from that, is there is there a piece of acting on stage or screen? I mean, I'm sure there's more than one, but the one that you can think of that's really blown you away. Oh, that is a good question. Um, so I, I think it's more like. Oh, actually, no. There is, there is. So I have like a list <laughs> of, <laughs> like, there's like going to the theater, especially. I might have to look at. We might have to Google. Um, I'm really bad with names. Um. Like, obviously, you know, good theatre we go and you're like, that was a nice night and stuff like that, or, like, terrible. But I have a very small list of, you know, the sort of theatre where I remember exactly where I was and Mm. how I felt and that they've stayed with me and, like, blown me away, like uh, the National when I saw Angels in America. Mm. Um, But I remember, I can't remember the actor's name. It's terrible. So it was years and years ago. Um. It's Joe Meek, is that right? It's called Tau Tau Star. I'm going to have to look Tau it Star. up. Yeah. Tau Star, yeah. So about the Joe Meek story about the music producer. Yes, I remember that. And the oh my god! So the guy that played him on stage, <clears throat> and this is the only time this has ever ever happened to me. I had to sort of sit on my hands because he has a breakdown. So I think he ends up, he he shot his housekeeper and himself in real life. Like, so, and we were, we were in the stalls quite a few rows back, but like close enough. And it's the only time I had to stop myself from physically touching him because I wanted to, I wanted to, to make him okay. <laughs> Not because, but just because the performance was, phenomenal like his breakdown like the whole play but this guy's performance and and I had to physically like be like this is not real life it's an act on stage but it was so moving and so beautiful and and 
yeah, I'll never forget sitting in that theatre watching that and and being like, you can't fix it <laughs> or like don't touch him. <laughs> I just wanted to cu- I just wanted to hold his hand or cuddle him or like <laughs> um because it it was so raw, it was so real. And and I don't think I've experienced that that level of like like m- being moved mm. uh, since. That's really. How beautiful. about you? Do you have one? No, I've hundreds, <laughs> but this is your interview. Um, <laughs> but that that's really interesting. You said that about having to put your hands, you know, <laughs> under under your legs and and being affected uh, physically. That kind of that's a nice um. Uh, on my first episode, um, I interviewed uh, Catherine Moran, who's a, a, a wonderful actor, and she uh, she does voiceover and stage, and she does lots of things. And we were talking about acting, and she was saying that like, um, that one of her sort of the big, biggest takeaways or lessons from her training was that bit, being told like to affect the audience's breath. Mm, and ah. I thought that I thought that was such a wonderful thing to say, but now yeah. you've told me this story that really kind of, um, that really kind of really makes me understand what that means now. And I don't think I've experienced that. I've seen some amazing acting, um, and I've but I've always been emo. Uh, sorry, I've always been moved emotionally, um, mm. but never physically. I've never physically. wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird though because I've been physically I've been like in the cinema I've yeah. like shouted stuff at a screen you know <laughs> and uh, I when, did that did it did you see get get out when it I uh, I didn't see get out at the cinema no uh, but no. It's, so it was we went to the cinema and there was me and another guy and is it horror anything thrillery or hot I'm terrible. But I do get very vocal, especially in the cinema. I just can't. And we were both at one point, I think it was like running or something. We were both like, get out, get out, get out, get out. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, just, um, but it's it's nice when you're in an audience, especially in the cinema, because I don't know, in the theatre you can feel it a bit more. But it is nice collectively when a group come together and yeah. are enjoying, yeah, yeah, the... Um, getting vocal or or like laughing or crying or <laughs> well I, I just before um covid hit i saw parasite at uh, at picture house central i love that film um so i had a short i had a short play on in the evening at spotlight studios and we were rehearsing that day and then we have like a three hour, three four hour break so i was like I'll go see if this Parasite film is on that here. Everyone's been talking about for like yeah, a yeah. year. Um, <laughs> and it was one of the best cinema going experiences ever because it was full. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sat in that lovely roquet where you've got nothing in front of you. You've just got. Oh, nice. And um, uh, everybody was moved by everything that was happening because that film takes you on such a journey. It's, it's yeah. so Shakespearean in, in that it's got everything. Like you laugh, yeah. you cry you're frightened and people like were gasping and i don't remember <laughs> yeah. last time you know other than again like a more of a theater experience i don't remember mm-hmm. being in a cinema with people like gasping and yeah <gasps> yeah and just like you know people were really involved and really immersed and it was yeah it was mm. such a beautiful experience and then of course yeah. we all got locked away for two years 
Um, yeah, yeah. So how yeah. did how did the COVID pandemic affect you creatively? And then, if you want to go into it personally, um, I mean, I ate a lot of garlic bread. <laughs> Is that because you can't I... eat garlic bread because you need to be around people, and that way, when you're on your own, <laughs> you can eat as much garlic as you like? No, I. I found it quite difficult to be honest. Um, like it was, I was, I was very lucky. Like, um, you know, I had a nice roof over my head, and I was living with people that I love, um, my friends. Um, but I, I was not one of those. People, you know, and they were like, learn a language, bake banana. Like, I put on a stone, <laughs> ate a lot of garlic bread, I binge watched a lot of <laughs> like. I I realized how much I like getting up and going. So I I, I also kind of technically lost like three jobs <laughs> in six months. <laughs> so I, I got made redundant, uh, and then I st- I I found like a little shop job, but then like sort of COVID hit again. Also, I think I got fired. I don't think they liked. <laughs> um which is fair, is fair but then got back into theatre we had like two weeks and then we were shut down again um so I found it, it was a very difficult time um and now I went about like doing I, I wrote a little bit um but I, I think now looking back I think maybe I got <laughs> a bit depressed <laughs> um just it just uh yeah, I tried to read and like go for walks and stuff like that, but I wasn't, you know, some people are like, I wrote my book, I wrote the play. And I was like, yeah. I ate tubs of raspberry pie ice cream. <laughs> like, we did yoga every morning. I was like, I washed my hair once a month. <laughs> it did not go well. I um yeah, it it was the it's strange I think it's because you think as an artist especially like the gift of time is the greatest gift that you can be given mm. um to, to actually be able to sit and, and do but I think being contained having to stay in uh and especially not knowing about finances and sort of, like it just um I, I did write I did write I wrote a pilot episode for like um for maybe like a comedy drama um but I think that's maybe it <laughs> that's like 30 pages <laughs> I did feel there was a bit of a pressure like especially because um because I write as well as you know and I think uh said so like yeah the internet just became like toxic positivity didn't it <laughs> I think and it was like oh well during the play Shakespeare wrote, oh, I can't remember which play it was. Yeah, King Lear, did he write? King, King, that's it, King Lear, that's right. Yeah, Shakespeare yeah. wrote King Lear during the plague, and I was like, oh, great, so I've got to be Shakespeare now. <laughs> I mean, that's that's not hard, is it? I'll just, I'll just do that for the next two years. Yeah, I'll yeah. Just become Shakespeare. Like, yeah, some, you know, and then there was the whole retraining thing that was fun, that went yeah, viral. Oh God, yeah. um, I think that was it. I remember one of my first, trips back to to seeing something and I got very I got very tear it takes a lot to make me cry I'm quite stony <laughs> she's a cold fish 
but um but I think also the there was a general fear I think that we could have lost it do you know do you know like theater like theaters were closing cinemas um yeah the whole retrain thing was bonkers um especially when we're a country of cultural like theater and film and music music is it like um and I don't I think it hit after like that year or so where just just that it survived that it still go like and there's still a fear now like you know with the fundings being cut and audiences are different and small but also financially you know pe- people don't have the money you know it's a luxury item now the, but the fear that there was a general I was like this we could we could lose this like it could be the end of 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 something special with I think um, it's still quite a raw, uh, even if, like, I don't, you know, I work in the theatres, like, I'd, I've worked in box offices as an admin, and now I do manage and stuff, and I, I like working in the, I like the people, and, do, do you know, like, going to those spaces, and you you, you find your, yeah, your creative home, um, that even that, yeah, that could, that could have all gone is um but then like creative people were really adaptable I think that's what's like no one can stop us <laughs> like there's always so many podcasts <laughs> me included like you know you find we find other ways to be like okay like online theater and uh you, you know people creating uh amazing like we watched something that I think it was like coming out of it so it was it was also it was legal <laughs> that they put on something in a house and depending on what room you chose, you went on like a, it was great. And then, yeah, people creating, you know, uh, radio plays and like finding a way to, to keep going is, yeah, is you can't, they can't stop us. They can never, (laughs) never squish us out. (laughs) Tori. Yeah. How about you? Did you, yeah. Did you write, did you write? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I think I did the I did the twenty eight plays later challenge, and um, yeah, that's good. You've done that I, a few times, right? Yeah, and I did the short. I did a short film one as well, um, mm. which was uh, run by the same group, the Literal Challenge, and uh, that was fourteen shorts in two weeks. Uh, short, Amazing. Short a day. Um, uh, one of which is I'm now you know I've developed and written. I think you've read it. Um, you read it, uh, Mirror, um, which I'm trying to Oh, get. yeah, yeah. Looking for a producer Great. for. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, I didn't, yeah, I didn't put too much pressure. I mean, I started messing around making videos and putting them on YouTube. Yeah, but, they were fun. Um, I watched those. You know, uh, mostly for my own amusement. <laughs> <I used laughs> yeah. Just to do something. To do something, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, because I am, mm. it's odd, I am very, I don't believe, like, you should just put anything online. Because <laughs> you should you should have your own sense of quality control. But I think at the time I was just going batshit, so I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'll release a funny video about pretending to wanting to murder my family. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that. Yeah, I think yeah. it was like how a lot of people were feeling as well. Yeah, my mum, all... my mum didn't like. It. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like I, it's not about it's you. Like it's not real. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I promise I won't kill you. <laughs> um but uh yeah you know and um and I, that's sort of something i've continued not 
all the time but every now and again i'll think of an idea and i think i'll just do it and um, just my own amusement and put it like mm-hmm. i don't know i'll take a song and turn it into a dramatic monologue or mm-hmm. um yeah so, so so is it fair to say you come away from acting i know you talked about you doing the audit improv um yeah shoot your pants I... night um yeah <laughs> yeah shit me pants skid mark night <laughs> um yeah yeah I I, people ask me I like never say never Mm. (laughs) but uh the fear um I I don't know but I I also like the idea that maybe when I'm like 70 (laughs) that I'm like I'm gonna go to drama school (laughs) I bloody Um, love that yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think... If I've it... got enough money by then, I will pay for you to go to drama Ah, uh, thanks, friend. Um, but yeah, I don't... It's not like I don't actively um, in any way, like, visit. But uh, yeah, I've I found a, other creative um, outlets. But I think the good thing is if I... I don't think if I had dipped my toe in to acting that perhaps I would have written scripts... And so I think it led to, so yeah, so like um, uh, I just started writing a lot more. Um, um, so like uh, doing film and theatre and odd bits and pieces. Um, and then even like recently in the last, uh, like six, seven years, being given a camera as well um, and doing photography it just gave me another whole new creative outlet that I I just love um so I think I'm I'm a jack of all trades 100% <laughs> like, like this is just like yeah there's uh 100% uh, a jack of, jack of all trades I think um, I, I think it's not I know I think that's something we all jump to saying because you know we grew up in this country where well you did for a little bit um <laughs> uh but you know this country so used to being a bit down on down on ourselves and self-deprecating but don't you think that uh we need to be multi-skilled to get by yeah yeah that's a good point actually um yeah i was trying to someone recently that they were like sort of some of the similar like so you have to stop seeing it as a bad thing mm. um but it's hard when you like you're surrounded by you know you pick a lane <laughs> and a career path and this is how but I, I do think for creatives and I think anyone uh, you know I work in a theater at the moment where we um a lot of the team are so young people they're in drama school they're graduating they're coming out and I do think I'm like please especially the actors you, I think t- to have other interest and to know, um, to, to, to create stuff as well. So you're not just sat waiting for the phone, but I'm like, if you have an interest in writing, write yourself a script and make it. If you also like cameras, play around, pick one up, like um, maybe learn how to edit and stuff like that. Just so once you have a real understanding of the industry and like, you know, how, it's a big machine and every cog matters and as important and you know each role is important um but also so you are actively you know some of the guy this they're sat and we come from a, I come from a place I'm like why don't you meet up every week 
just get a script, read it together. Yep. Why don't you just book? I know, I know money, especially, but you could book one night at a theater or chip in 20 quid and put something on and just be on stage and invite people and, and to be proactively um, searching and making. And, you know, especially now, like that you've got like YouTube, uh, there's so many spaces that you can make a short film on your phone do it do yeah. it like you know enter festivals <laughs> and... i always say like make mistakes yeah yeah go yeah. out and make mistakes. mistakes yeah um yeah you learn and grow and like um you know do i, I don't know if it's so much because it was it was it was new when we started out you know doing like crowdfunders and stuff like that um but but also there is funding out there there's some great bursaries that you have to sort of find them but like you know and also I think it's a numbers get apply apply for stuff you know even if yours get like just the fuck it just send out like <laughs> applications are. um but I think it is that thing of like I think especially as artists now of any of like <laughs> any department um I think but also we're human so we're not all just one thing so having lots of interests um it just adds to what you already have so like you know um it's yeah don't limit yourself to you know one to one thing one box and be like this is it (laughs) you're like okay (laughs) but uh what else do you like (laughs) 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 um uh, what else do you enjoy doing um just just so because we're yeah we're humans so we're made up of lots of different things and i think not to deny yourself all of your you know uh interests and little quirks (laughs) that's so beautiful thank you um and was that was there something that made you stop acting or come away from it? Or do, was it just a natural evolution that you, you know, you've always written and then you thought prefer that instead? Or Yeah, I think it was like a gradual, it was naturally, um, I just to be very honest, I think I just didn't, I started to not really like myself. Like, I think I was getting a bit better. <laughs> I was only in my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is not a, this is not a good look. <laughs> um, and finding, uh, yeah, just finding it harder to get on stage and do stuff. And, and I think it just naturally came to a point where I was like, I don't think that I want to keep, to keep doing this um yeah just not enjoying it I think once you stop enjoying something um because even if like I mean a little boho head (laughs) you know we need money to pay the rent and the bills and stuff but if you still enjoy and love something you have that conversation with yourself like so many times I've been like I'm gonna go and get a nine to five (laughs) uh and and I become very unhappy because when I like shift work and the people in the environment, but I think I had to have, stop having that battle with myself when it came to being creative. Like now it's with writing and stuff is that no matter what, I'm always going to do it because I can't not, because when I try not to, eventually something niggles and pulls and like, why don't you just write a quick <laughs> or a short story? Because 
and you have to have that conversation with yourself and be like I'm going to stop denying myself doing this because I think I shouldn't or it's not you know uh, so yes I can find ways to pay the bills and stuff but as long as I always find and make time to be creative um and but with acting I think I just stopped yeah I think I just stopped enjoying it and like was scared and grumpy <laughs> but also like is that thing like one of our last shows we did and it was it was good fun but you know when you were like we were up to like three in the morning clean like we were stage managers and producers and then acting in it and you're trying to take it and it's tiring and then also working (laughs) you're like I still have to go to work in the day (laughs) um and yeah I think I just a bit break (laughs) like really tired um just needed time to sit in front of a wall for an hour yeah yeah (laughs) just sometimes just want to sit really quiet stare at it <laughs> not think or do anything um and then yeah we were up at Edinburgh and then yeah I just uh, I think the freedom from writing um you're not sitting or relying on like all you need is you know especially it's like just me and some paper and you can find even an hour a day. and I could do it every day mm. you know like with acting it's harder but like every day I could sit and create and um work on something and build and um yeah I just got happier I think got happy (laughs) um so yeah yeah and how about you do you have if you had to pick one so if like Ed Keats you have won the Oscar for do you think you would prefer like actor or like writer or director or oh blimey is there uh, one that's like the dream ideally i think yeah i think acting is still mm. will always be number one yeah writers writing i love writing i love getting mm-hmm. lost in the in my own imagination i love um sort of it's also a coping mechanism um because mm. i write poetry as well and uh that gives me sort of a release to sort of um, make sense of the crazy world we live in. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but, but writing stories does too. Um, and, um, so yeah, but no, it would be, yeah, acting would be my, my choice for awards. Actually, I actually have yeah. that down as a, I have that down as a question, I think. But, uh, no. uh, would like, you, oh, as an acting award, like, which one would you win? Yeah, go, oh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> would, would you prefer a BAFTA, an Oscar? Like a, is there one that you would, like love um, like on your shelf i think a BAFTA would be yeah. it would be recognized in, <laughs> in your own country i think is yeah. is really special and the BAFTA <laughs> lead actor goes to ed keats i'm not using the name the name keats anymore oh um, i've gone back to my legal surname um uh so yeah i used ed keats for many many years and it's sort of taken mm-hmm. me quite a bit of a while to get used to not using it but so i'm using my own surname ismail um Is- and um yeah it's um you know i think it's about time really now now that it's sort of become more acceptable to not anglicize everything yeah 
Yeah. Um, does it feel? Yeah. How does it feel? Does it feel like? Yeah. It's 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 taken a lot of time to get used to because sort of kind of um, Stockholm syndrome to myself with my mm. <laughs> with my name. Yeah. I mean, Keats was my. Um, it was sort of a my homage to my teacher at school, my drama teacher. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Keats. Oh, I didn't realise that. So it's not even like, was it like a family name? Or... No, 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 no. Oh, I never knew that. No, yeah. so I've got a Muslim name, um, <laughs> uh, some Cypriot. And uh, uh, yeah, I think when I when I first started out, it was, um, I was just like put up for refugee, suicide bomber, mm-hmm. terrorist, asylum seeker. And it's because I looked at a name and I looked at a face and that's how casting works, right? And yeah. I got I got a bit like, mm, don't like being typecast, don't like this, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't feel comfortable with this. So my cousin was like, why don't you try a stage name? And I did and, it's, and I chose that one and it stuck and I got used to it. Um, but be typecast, it's all right. Get that work. Um, <laughs> you do not, do not have the choice to be so picky, particularly when but you're starting you, out. Like, do you think it's changed though? Again, like, like from so when we were like, you know, early twenties to now. Mm. Do, do you think? I find it really interesting that for like such a creative industry that casting is the most uncreative (laughs) like do do you know what I mean like how I mean I think it is definitely getting better like some of the especially some of the films did you see um the David Copperfield film it was a couple of years ago oh by uh, Iannucci yes yeah I think so like so I feel like it's getting better but like that (laughs) <laughs> that casting that they're like I don't know that maybe a slightly tubby girl could be Juliet or something I don't know do you know what I mean or that yeah a person of color couldn't possibly be I I find casting such an interesting you know that people go into a room and they're you know if they're slightly too tall or the weight or their hair that they're not seen but you go into a room and everyone looks like you for the same part and mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, for for an industry that is based on thinking outside the box and being creative, that casting isn't. <laughs> and it, it's always been something that's blown my mind that I don't understand. I guess I don't, maybe it comes from higher up. I don't know the conversation directors and casting have and, you know, the writers when they, but how it's so such a limiting sort of um uh part of the i mean i think a lot of it is to do with time timing um and i don't know too much like i can't speak too much about the pre-production side of things especially when it comes Mm. to screen but i know from being an actor like how soon you will get something um and you know you could be shooting next week um, yeah. if you get the role. It's a very, very quick turnaround. Um, mm. And that's all to do with budgeting and timing. And you have to remember, like, casting directors, 
they're freelance. Like they don't mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't, yeah, do, they don't have yeah. any other jobs. Um and um that's why a lot of them end up having assistance because there's a lot of things to trawl through. First, you know, you start off so mm-hmm. if you're start if you're casting a project, like well, how many characters are we casting? Right, how many yeah. people are we seeing for all these characters? Yeah. For yeah. every character we're looking yeah. at a the starting point as we go through spotlight we're probably having to do a process of elimination and mm. you put your obviously your parameters in so you're looking for this kind of person or maybe not if you are if you are really open then that's going to take a fuck of a long time isn't yeah, it that's true. Now yeah you're looking, now you're looking at like a thousand people going through yeah. different profiles for one part so yeah. like it's a it's a it's got to be a long process and you don't i don't feel like you have time so i feel like time hasn't always been on the side for casting um mm. and um yeah i think things can there's always that difficult thing of like i think you should be open-minded i think uh you yeah. know un- unless it's absolutely specific to be within context of a story yeah I think characters should be able to be played by anybody even yeah, to the yeah. point where you can go well let's just see whoever like it doesn't they don't have to be male mm. or female yeah. You know, yeah it could be what whatever and um I think it's changing. Um, yeah, it's yeah, I think there, it's definitely takes time, it's, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's getting there. It's good. It's nice to see, like, um, uh, especially like with accessibility as well for for actors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that theatres, especially, you know, if you if you do have someone, um, you know, that additional needs that like maybe in a wheelchair or deaf or something, but like, um you know that but a really good actor yeah. <laughs> and being able to work and perform and um I, I think I think it is I hope I hope it feels like it is it's getting better and, and much the doors are opening which is um but also for you like that's a really interesting because it was you have um a wife a family like with jobs being that quick and having to because I think a big conversation now especially with like some of it's also working hours you know people that have children as well that like they don't want to be you know working Monday to Saturday 18 hours intense you know or being on tour and you know how or like you say you get a job tomorrow that you might have to drop everything Mm. but but you want to do it but like actually how do we make this a living workable industry Mm. and not just being like oh you want it so you'll just drop everything and fly to I don't know, Budapest for six weeks tomorrow. Yeah, because once you've done that job, you don't get paid immediately. You might get a little yeah. up front, but you'll 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 and, could be up to ninety days until until you get that payment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you've lost your job, your your main yeah. source of income because you had to take yeah. this acting job, then yeah. now you're job hunting. And yeah, it's just you know nobody does this full time. Nobody, not even yeah. the really mega famous people. I mean, no, they no. don't have to do it full time because they get paid an obscene amount of money. But <laughs> like, it's yeah. How can you? What What are the answers? I mean, mm. for me, I'm I'm very lucky that I found myself a flexible job. But it took me ten years to find it, yeah. and that was going through different versions of trying to juggle. So you know, I did corporate jobs. I worked in offices mm-hmm. nine to five, um, and. Uh, I did did other jobs which are more related to the arts, and I think the key is if you can find a job in the arts, or in like if you're interested in theatre, then try and get a job in the theatre, or if you're interested in mm-hmm. film, try and get on a, a job on the production side of things. So you you don't feel like although you're 
although it's not specifically what you want to do as a career um mm-hmm. you're still involved in the industry and you're probably learning yeah. things and you're meeting people and you're being mm-hmm. surrounded by creative people and that yeah. that for and me keeps you going they understand as well they understand what you're going through yes. and if you're like i have an audition tomorrow at one they're like i'll cover your lunch go and go in the stock room and film exactly. it <laughs> like, exactly they understand what you're going through yeah. like you know um like because sometimes like, it's lovely but you know you, that that age of thing of being of like why don't you just get a job on EastEnders mm. <laughs> you're like oh sure <laughs> that's it. I didn't think of that <laughs> um that option's always there I'm just leaving it on the back yeah just, you know, yeah just, just, that's a backup EastEnders yeah I'll just pick that up whenever yeah like we all can um like and so I think it is that it's surrounding yourself with um yeah community and like people that are supportive of it but understand as well that like um yeah because it it is I think but I think it's a really important conversation to have that the old troops of you know how theater and I think film as well you know the long hours but actually making it so people is a bit more balance of work life and you know that if life you know when life changes that you can keep in the industry that you love and we can keep making stuff um yeah it's been good I think I feel like yeah especially the last 10 years there's been some good shifts (laughs) definitely yeah Yeah. so when you were when you were interested in performing did you ever go to did you have auditions and do you have a funny or cringeworthy audition story oh Ed <laughs> this is also why I think she's a loose cannon oh god <laughs> the worst the worst. it's quite it's, it, the people can't see this but I'll try and explain it so a few of us got like I think it was like a like a it was an advert for a cereal and I think it's like you know they wanted a lot of women different it was like, like to be in like a exercise class so I want to say it's like I don't know like crunching up like a cornflakes one or something mm-hmm. so we went <laughs> so we went in you know I'm terrible at listening and also being nervous as well and they were like I think they asked they were like oh are you in any conflicting you know ads at the mo and I don't know why I just thought they were like list conflicting so I just started to list a lot of cereal so I was like bran flakes cocoa but and then they stopped and they were like are you are you in all these adverts and I was like oh no sorry I just was listing like conflicting cereals they're like all right uh, and then so I I don't exercise like I don't go to the gym or go to exercise classes so they were like, okay, so all you have to do is stand and, and side jog. So like if someone said side jogging to you, what would you do? Would you like you just everyone was like, you just jog sideways on the spot? No, no, I kicked my feet out. I can't, it's the easiest way to show. I'm gonna show you. I don't know if this will try. So I just started to like flip my feet out to the side. <laughs> <laughs> like almost like my knees are together and my feet are going opposite ways. They laughed so hard. I think that they I didn't get the job. So and you're they were kicking like, out your legs to the, to the side, much like um Elton then, John does in the I'm still standing music video. This is a good reference the- point for Okay, yeah, if anyone wants to let that basically I didn't side jog. I did something very strange. And 
And then they were like, I was like, this is going really well. They're laughing. They were like, just keep going, do it again, do it again, because oh, I was such a fool. And like, I came out and my friend Deborah was going up to me and she was like, that sounded like, she was like, they were laughing. It sounded like it went really well. I was like, yeah, yeah, I think it went really well. And then afterwards we were like walking up the street together and I was like, hang on. I was like, when they said side jog, what did you do? She's like, I just jogged on the spot and like moved sideways. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> It's like there's probably that tape somewhere that they watch every now and they're like, just look at this woman be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Being really weird with her legs, like (laughs) and they just kept me going as well. I think they had reached lunchtime and needed a break. (laughs) They were like, go on. (laughs) This is going so well. Um yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so many. Um, That's yeah. brilliant. That's so brilliant. And, uh, um, how about you? I think like advert auditions were like the worst because they're uh, always weird. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think, yeah. I think pretty much the majority of like cringeworthy and hilarious audition stories will come from adverts because it, it it's the ones yeah. where they are sort of like the most humiliating. They are the ones where you have to do the least acting. Yeah. Um, I mean, my first my first ever advert audition was years ago and uh it was it was for a chocolate bar. Uh <laughs> and I walked into the room, you did you do your introductions, and they're like, okay, great. So you're a mad scientist and you've just been dropped into a vat of cactuses. Go. And you're like but you have a few seconds of like, well, how do I? What? The, and then you're like, oh no, I actually need to do something now because now I'm just like, yeah. thinking. And then you just have to imagine what that would be like. <laughs> and then you just turn into like you turn into a cartoon. Like, yeah, yeah. There's just no way around it. <laughs> um, and just hope that the cartoon fits. Of <laughs> the yeah. batshit casting briefers, like, <laughs> um, it's you know. But yeah, they'll never they'll never not be humiliating. I, I think those yeah. are they're, they're hilarious. Yeah. Um, I but I, did, I have learned to let go and just just be stupid and silly and just think, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I feel for peeps now, like you say, like with COVID, hum, like it's changed. But I think it's good, especially like if you are on the hot, like doing self tapes. But then, like, chat to friends, and I'm like, I've got self tape for an advert. Like, I'm just rolling around the floor of my house, <laughs> and they're like meant to climb a mountain or something. So they're like, I found a hill near my house, <laughs> and yeah, just that crazy sort of stuff of like, they're like, I was just in the kitchen and I just chucked water on my face. <laughs> like, sure, sure, but at least you're in a safe space, and then you can send the the one that you you want. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I did. I did one this year where I had to look. I had to. So my character was changing toilet paper, putting new toilet paper on on the roll, on, or uh-huh. the roll of toilet paper onto the toilet roll holder, if you like. And then something had to nostalgically come over me in my face, basically just sort of be looking uh-huh. at this toilet roll and having this memory. And I was like, "What's he having a memory of?" Like. Like a the, really bad time on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, the best poo he's ever had, or like, yeah, yeah, a really bad tummy bath. <laughs> yeah, 
This is so random, but there you go. That is no. that is a life we've that chosen. Is the life. <laughs> I know, yeah. We did this to ourselves. This is what I always have to remind myself. Like I could have done anything. <laughs> um, is there a book that you would recommend to help someone on their creative journey? Oh, that's a good question. Um. Uh, do you know what recent so I I'm not great at reading scripts um or sort of books. I I do have plays in my house. So normally if I see something and I I love it and I feel like I, I need to take it home with me, I normally buy a sort of a script. But actually for writing, so I got uh long listed um in the pandemic. I didn't get it, the the BBC Writers Academy, um, and it's run by John York, and so his book Into the Woods, oh, yeah. Into the Woods. Um, so I bought it and read it, and like was doing my research and stuff. Um, but actually, it was great, <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, this is why. <laughs> um, it's good. So I I would recommend it's uh sort of. I mean, it's things you sort of know, like the three, you know, the three X structure, the five X structures and stuff. Um, but it does make it really accessible and makes sense um and it's a good it's a good tool um that I yeah I've like pulled it out since and like had a look at it and stuff um so yes I would yeah I definitely recommend even if you're not a writer or anything but you can see especially in scripts those arcs and story structure and stuff when you're looking at characters and plays mm -hmm. um I, I yeah I think it's a it's a good one brilliant well that was that was into the woods yes into the woods think it's good great um john york yeah and um you've recently ventured into podcasting in a way in yeah. the last couple of years <laughs> um, uh, what can you tell us about 12 months 12 stories 12 months 12 stories um so yeah <laughs> podcasting um no it came from so I, i've had a year or maybe longer now um just had a lot of rejection <laughs> Um, and you know when you start to feel a bit like okay just taking back a little bit of control but also I, I had little pieces and stuff coming from applying for things that um, you, you know you kind of want to share with what but also I um, want to help other people have stuff you know uh, writers or performers um, a platform to sort of share stuff on um, so I think again it was like in a downtime maybe towards the end our second year so coming out of pandemic um it was just one of those in your bedroom start something <laughs> it's not the most it's uh it's I kind of feel like it's like almost like a fringy online sort of experience of mm -hmm. like um there was like one episode a month some theme like a Halloween or um uh say Valentine's Day sort of one um but just really open very raw um I had no money um I pay the monthly pod on my credit card <laughs> um but uh, but people gave like their time and talents for free um our lovely friend Charlie I've um did the artwork um and again it was just one of those moments of like I think and especially where I am at the moment at Hampstead Theatre, there's a lot of us that are creative. Um, so a lot of people from there got involved, like writing pieces, performing. Um, I think it just gave a platform for like 
to make something and to put it out in the world in a you know not having to hire a theater or something like that but um I think podcasting is a really good way to to make something and and put it out there Mm. quite easily and sort of quickly but and also be able to share it like like it's been viewed like around the world (laughs) yeah which I haven't um uh had before you know kind of like we've done like on like internet series and stuff but I think podcasts is um but yeah it's been good it's been really nice um and I think one of the nice things is some of the guys have said to me that they've having it being able to have a link when they've been applying for other stuff it's been nice to have something that they can say oh I've done you know which was my hope you know you kind of hope that it will help um to get other stuff or to yeah. be somewhere to to link work to 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 provide that um so yeah it's been good it's yeah we've had like um like pieces yeah from from lots of different backgrounds around the world um some scenes some monologues some poetry I did try to I was hoping for a song <laughs> I haven't had one yet <laughs> but I will I think I'll close it down I've, I've done a year longer than I I thought I thought just you know 12 one year uh, one story once a month um but uh but it doesn't yeah it kept going <laughs> there's not um, something you're uh, going to continue I don't think so I think um we've definitely got one coming up I'd like to end on 22 maybe on Halloween because our first one was Halloween um uh, just because sort of same it it's not a lot but it's still time like I have to think about it and put it out there and money and stuff yeah. um, but I think it's it's done what I hoped it would do so I'll leave it up for a bit and then sort of bring it down but hopefully put all that put them somewhere you know on a website or something so they're still accessible but um uh yeah just cost as well yeah <laughs> I'm paying for it on my credit card <laughs> HSBC hate me <laughs> <laughs> And um, uh, that's really cool. I mean, uh, yeah, I loved, uh, I, I loved listening to Twelve Months Twelve Stories. It was really, it was really nice, and it was varied, and um, yeah, it was. It's a really good idea, and I think, I imagine there's a lot of drama podcasts out there that um, I've, I've yet to delve into, and I think it's made me think like there must be other people doing this sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of. I think it's quite a hard one because um, obviously if to create like a proper like series or like you know like a lot of people like um like murdery type ones and like a proper story is a whole lot this it, like it is quite um a raw um yeah and they are all really different um but to quite like so I, I feel like it is a bit like having um you know like a lot of people are in Edinburgh at the moment it's like having that experience of every episode is not linked <laughs> like they're yeah. very different and like um, but I think it is a great way to, um, yeah, to get, if you have stuff, to get it out there um, and to, um, you know, yeah, you just need a mic. And like I said, even some of them, um, some you recorded on their phone in a park <laughs> and sent it to me, but it worked. It was nice. And like, Brilliant. yeah, um, one was very last minute. Um, we had some technical problems. My lovely friend Lana, I think we posted it one minute to midnight that month so we got it in but she was like under a duvet on her bed <laughs> like recording and that's like done so well um so yeah yeah it's it's a really great way to get stories get, get stories out there um so again I would recommend that like yeah anyone listening that wants to create uh it's 
it's kind of a cheaper, easy. <laughs> but yeah, you just get a microphone or your phone, records, put it out in the world. <laughs> and what and what's not necessarily next, but is there something you've got in your mind that you would like to achieve creatively? Yeah, there's always like I mean, right now I think I'm still in a bit of survival mode <laughs> from like the panic because it's only been a couple of years. Mm. Um and so I'm much yeah I, ha- I haven't actually written anything for a while I think ideally with time and space again it would be nice to be able to sit and write something full length I haven't done that for a long time a play or a screenplay um I've got lots of little bits because I think that's how my mind could only cope the last few years of like little sketches or one page monologues or I, I could kind of cope with that um because the thought of sitting down well you know it's like to sit and write a full like <laughs> play or script um and especially like life you know where you're trying to survive and rents and my job's very different now like I'm duty managing so it's a different sort of brain uh and I've been and it's been quite crazy like theatre audiences have changed quite a lot I think after COVID um but I'd like I think that would be nice to have that goal to to actually sit and be able to write and create like a full length again so but you I for me it's like I would always say some people can do it very quick but you that at least a year for like a good two or three draft mm. of a full length even a year for that first draft um but yeah that would it would be nice to feel maybe back on track to have like something f- I I've kind of exhausted the ones that I have yeah no, <laughs> I've sent them out to everything that possibly could or got feedback and so it's like at some point you are like okay the only way forward now is to is to do something new is to write that something new um, but it's just time and brain. <laughs> but uh, I'd like to get to that place though, where I'm like, okay, uh, let's do it. Let's uh, let's write a play. <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, last question. Um, yeah. What do you know now that you wish you'd known when you started your creative journey? Uh, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> what a ball of encouragement you are for Alison's. Give up. Take your yeah. Something useful. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, what do I know now that I wish I did at the start? Good question. I think I, I think I was very aware just because I wasn't like you say like, um, like top of the class or like so I always knew it was going to be hard I, I I don't think that was a shock to me to like um that you know it, I'd have to work hard hmm. um or maybe make things um maybe some financial advice <laughs> financial advice yeah <laughs> like just to be like how to like look after yourself as like as a working class artist like no like how to juggle that and maybe say do you know what I mean how to preserve yourself 
actually. <laughs> um, for for the future. Um, but that's quite boring. Um, well, that's not boring. It's very important. It's very important. But it's hard. Yeah. It's also a hard one to have the answer to because it all yeah. depends on you know, the... where you live, what area of the country yeah. you're in, and, or, or I mean, and... for someone that's moved around a lot, do you think it's important to move to the place where you can get the most creative opportunity, or do you think um, maybe if there's a lack of it in your area, mm. then create it, be be yeah, the, yeah. be the person. Yeah, I, I think yeah, not to be afraid to to make stuff to to change. I think home actually is really important. That your environment is so important that you have somewhere nice to go back to. And I'm not saying like you know a mansion, <laughs> like, but that you are safe and um, you have space to whatever that is to to create and um or somewhere to go back and relax and chill out um but also that community because I think I left London very briefly and I think for me like London feeds my soul in that you know the art galleries and the theatre and um you know even on a budget I mean theatre not so much now but you know I can go to the Tate for free all day and see art and be inspired or like and so I think having, but that might be like, I also love the ocean. So it might be the countryside or the ocean or like wherever home is for you is just as important. And that also now you can travel, like get on a, I know peeps that move back to like Ireland and they'll fly over for an audition if they have to and go back, <laughs> but like self-taping and Zooming, mm. I think it's more important that you are somewhere that's home, that feels right and um makes yeah that feed again like feeds you in another way so yeah um that if you need to go and take a walk or where that is and what you see and uh because it's that's also another part of you that will make you do good work as well and get get you creative um and so like yeah I'd like to I mean I did I keep thinking about moving to Brighton just I miss the sea but it's close enough to London um because that hankering's kind of there now I'm like oh I miss but it's very expensive <laughs> it's like London prices. London with a view uh, London with yeah yeah um so I think you're yeah, wherever it calls you um yeah and and also not to be afraid like like Cornwall I mean I was only down there for like a couple of years but like now the arts you know there's film studios going up down there mm -hmm. there's some great theatre it's a shame that um Oh, they closed down. There's incredible theatre company. I'm very sorry, my brain's gone blank. Um, you know that that was that that was their home. That was their base. Manchester. A lot of TVs moved up there now. Um, Scotland, Edinburgh, Glasgow. Huge creative hubbubs. Um, so I think go where you are called to. And yeah, and I, yeah, I wouldn't worry about that too much. Um, and just yeah, be at home. <laughs> and uh, yeah. That's lovely. Well, Rebecca, you've been such a delightful guest, uh, and you. and a loose cannon as you put it. <laughs> um, but um, I'm going to end uh, this interview um, how I end all my interviews, and mm -hmm. um, that's being inspired by the questionnaire from the French interviewer Bernard Pivot, who inspired my favourite interviewer James Lipton from Inside the Actor Studio. Ah, oh, so nice. Your um, last ten questions are these which is what is your favorite word 
sexual health. <laughs> Can I say can? <laughs> <laughs> you just did. <laughs> um, what is your least favourite word? Uh, no. <laughs> what turns you on creatively, spiritually or emotionally? Food. <laughs> <laughs> what turns you off? Uh, um, read it. Bad attitudes. Hmm. Well, then... The next question is, what is your favourite <laughs> swear word? But it might be different. <laughs> <laughs> uh what's so um I like some of the old ones like we don't really like I don't know like we just think when we like kids like no one like really is like asshole anymore <laughs> like... <laughs> uh what sound or noise do you love oh uh I do like the sound of the ocean hmm. and what uh-huh. sound or noise do you hate uh or anything that's like you know like a knife on like a plate or like when people scrap like they hit their teeth or something like like, yeah (laughs) what profession other than your own would you like to attempt I think do you know what I would love but I'm just it's because I'd love to be that smart it's like a scientist yeah like to be able to know like numbers and be in like a lab and create something crazy (laughs) I think, no. would, I think that would suit you. Particularly the crazy part. What profession would you not like to do? Oh, a teacher. Mm. <laughs> like secondary school, <laughs> maths teacher, no. <laughs> I have uh, so much respect for those people. <laughs> so finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Who knew? <laughs> 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 Get in. <laughs> what was that? You didn't get in. And yeah, I think they'd be like, I think they would be like, oh, we didn't expect you to get in. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I kind of hope so. I'm not religious at all, but I, I hope. But I have a very strong feeling that I'm going to limbo. I feel like no one's going to want me. <laughs> be like, you can just roam the plains for a while. <laughs> um how about you the last one's a good one what do you what do you think god would say oh, I, I can't answer that so <gasps> why it's not my interview oh <laughs> <laughs> oh can you leave what's your favorite swear word oh it's probably the same yeah, yeah it's a great yeah. word yeah well this is this has been such a blast thank you oh, for giving up your sunday me. morning no no thanks for having me it's been good fun nice to spend time with you have a chat. <laughs> yeah, the, the big dream is that it it builds and people listen to it, but people in the industry listen to it. So particularly for mm-hmm. the actors, like that I can open doors for casting directors mm-hmm. to listen to it, directors, producers, writers, or just other creatives that want to find people to collaborate with that'll think that person yeah. sounds interesting. And then like I will link things in the show notes. So mm-hmm. that's another thing you want me to if you send me the link for twelve months, twelve stories, or just oh. put a little I'll put the Insta in or something or Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's true. I think it's like um we into the but because I think it is like those conversations of actually yeah, how how do you live, work, create (laughs) with time and money and sources and stuff. So I think it's nice just to have and hopefully yeah, if people hear those conversations, oh it's not just me. Like, no, (laughs) there's so many of us like still trying to figure this out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah.
So there you have it. There was Loose Cannon, Rebecca Windsor. Wow. Um, that was epic, Bex. Thank you so much for being just such a bloody amazing guest. I uh, really enjoyed having you on here. And um, just absolutely full of inspiration. And um, yeah, we're seeing the threads. We're seeing the threads that people are talking about on this podcast about making your own work, making things happen for yourself, or, or and and also just doing things because we need to, because we need to express ourselves. We need to have our stories told. And what a great way she's found to do that. 12 months, 12 stories. Please check that out. I will be putting links in the show notes. So you can um, you can look that up. Uh, you can follow 12 Months, 12 Stories on Instagram as well. But it's available everywhere you get podcasts. And there's some really, really great pieces of drama there. All, all you know, recorded independently and, and um, off our own back with, with some really wonderful, great actors and some great writers, some good collabs there. So yeah, get talking to people today, folks. Let's start making things happening. Maybe there's someone you've always wanted to work with. Maybe there's someone you admire. Maybe you've got an idea. So just take that first step. And um, if not, write to me. Write to Don't Think Act podcast. And um, maybe there's someone I can put you in touch with. Who knows? This is what this whole thing is about. This whole thing is about building our community and getting people to collaborate and work with each other. And... um, have the opportunity to have their stories told because we'll, we'll, you know, we've all got that right. We all got, we all deserve to have that happen for us as artists. So let's uh, stay creative. Please, please, please do give the uh, uh, podcast uh, a five star rating or a review. If you're enjoying this, please tell someone else this week about it. Please share. Please follow me on social media or Instagram or Twitter, um, spread the word, and let's get stronger, better, faster, and all the rest of the Daft Punk song. Have a great week, people. Follow your heart and stay creative. <laughs>